This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. This is Tim, former GameStop employee. Uh, my name is Dane, and with me, as always, I have Tim, um, the for- the former GameStop employee. And Tim, this is episode number two hundred. We finally made it. We made it! Hooray! Round of applause! <laughs> Another one hundred <laughs> episodes in the book. <laughs> <laughs> now, I wish we could do a full blown celebration of two hundred, like. The Joker did in Batman 1989. We were writing, recording this episode on a float, throwing bags of money to all our listeners. But <laughs> unfortunately, we're not that big. They don't have that big flow of cash to celebrate 200. But <laughs> yeah, not like yeah, that's Shop of City did, where they celebrated their 200th anniversary. <laughs> yeah, because uh, well, we were talking about bills uh, before we started recording, right, Tim? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And let's just say I pay more than Tim pays <laughs> <laughs> or uh, people, um, people in general, I guess you could say people, other people in America, <laughs> I guess that you could say. Um, so, yeah, um, it's, a, it's a bit of a downer, Tim, but I'm trying to look at the positive. You could. So would you have been one of those citizens of Gotham running to Joker's float, trying to get all, grab all that cash? Yeah, <laughs> you know i would um 
it, it doesn't matter what happens after. I mean, I guess it does. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to. Are you willing to take I'm the chance? To take that risk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to take that risk, Tim. Um, I think you know, it's worth it. We don't really get a good look as far as how big those bills were. Were they $100 bills they were throwing out there? Were they just singles <laughs> or fives? <laughs> that the citizens of Gotham were running to and then eventually dying for? Or was it something that was actually, would be worth it? Or it was a couple hundred bucks, maybe even a thousand. So you, you, you would probably have to bring a bag, like a plastic bag uh, with you if it was singles. Because yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think you can stuff that much. Uh, I don't know, maybe you're stuffing it into your pants. or whatever. <laughs> You'd really just walk away with like, Ten or fifteen dollars. Yeah. <laughs> singles. We don't or, have to maybe, joke it, this cheap. maybe it was special uh, Joker money. Uh, that's <laughs> like, even worse. Like twenty-five cents, but it's a bill. <laughs> like everyone's rushing to get that money, and then they look at it, and there's no presidents on there. It's just the Joker's face. <laughs> they find out they were screwed. <laughs> Dang it! Well, I guess I'm dead now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dean. Well, I guess we can guarantee our listeners that at the end of this podcast, we won't be sp- poison gas won't be spraying out of your earphones, your earbuds, yeah. <laughs> your speakers, yeah. out of your car, switch. or yes. your, uh, your um, speaker. I don't know. Yeah, you should be safe. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? Let's just get to our dark hand rise minute by minute commentary. Um, this is our. This is our 146th minute, Tim. Dang, you're selling I mean, it short. Uh, oh. <laughs> sorry. I'm, I'm going off of old show notes. <laughs> uh, hold on one second. This is our 148th minute. There you go. Um, <laughs> we're going from minute 148, or the 2 hour and 28 minute mark, to the 2 hour and 29 minute mark. Um. And as always, grab your VHS tape, grab your D VHS tape. Can't forget that one now. Yeah. <laughs> My new favorite. <laughs> and your custom VHS, I mean, your custom D VHS player. Don't forget <laughs> that. You can't run it on a regular VHS player. Um, grab your laser disc, grab your beta tape, grab your HD DVD. Grab your Blockbuster membership card. Grab your Netflix physical subscription uh, card. I can't remember if they call cards. Did you get a card? I don't think they did. I guess it's your physical media and Netflix physical media envelope <laughs> that all the discs came in. Yeah, because they used to send those resendable envelopes. Yeah, those big, bright red ones. And grab your. Our favorite, Tim. The way that The Dark Knight Rises, Avengers Endgame, all of these movies. It's 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 the way the filmmakers wanted you to see this movie. Grab their your vision VHS. realized. Yeah. <laughs> their vision realized. Grab your VHS to DVD converted digitally copy. And uh, just cue it to the two-hour... And 48, uh, two hour and 28 minute mark. Can you imagine for a two hour and 48 minute mark? Oh, like a three hour movie. 
Well, that's only for Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, just, just grab any of those copies that you have and just set it to the two hour and 28 minute mark. And I'm going to do the countdown. So, Tim, are you ready? I am ready. All right. Three, two, one, play. Yep. We're going to find out if Lucius Fox is going to survive. That was a big cliffhanger. In our oh. last I mean, all he has to do is climb up. <laughs> <laughs> but will the water rise and beat him? Is that the real meaning behind the Dark Knight Rises title? The water rising up in that sequence? Because yeah. <laughs> we, we do know that the fire indeed rises. To... Yes. And so does the... the Dark Knight. So so the fire rises is, represents Bane. The water rising has to represent Batman putting out the fire. Hence the Dark Knight Rises. Oh, what a metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> it's all making sense now. <laughs> See, this is the only insight butter. we can get by doing this commentary for 148 minutes. <laughs> and uh, we just missed it, but uh, the, uh, Miranda Tate slash Talia, all Google, just had her awkward death scene. Yeah, not the brightest acting moment in the Dark Knight trilogy, I will say. <laughs> just suddenly just that, like that shake and just nothing. <laughs> she just yeah. stops. <laughs> kind of a kind of a weird thing. But... Yeah. Or if that was uh, no one had any different takes for that, and that was the reason that was the one he decided to go with. I don't know, <laughs> but not the greatest or, moment. Or, or what if that was the most? Um, what if that was the best one? Too? Then I'd be real curious to see what all the other takes were like. <laughs> that was the best. Um, so yeah, uh, that's it for our Dark Knight Rises minute by minute commentary. We're slowly getting to this this finale, Tim. You know, I, I wonder know. what's going to happen. Uh, is I mean, Bruce Wayne going to survive? I mean, he's in the bat with the bomb. There's not too much after that. Yeah, I don't. Can't imagine what happens to him. Uh, oh, we got a few more episodes slash minutes to find out and wait. Yeah. Um, why don't you tell everybody about our featured topic for this episode, Tim? Yeah, so 200 episodes. Thinking of ways to celebrate. But you know what? We really didn't have to do any of that work because Warner Brothers decided to give us a present for our 200th episode. I mean, who would have thought, Dan, they'd be that nice to give us this news and discussion to talk about for our 200th episode that of course is the announcement of the snyder cut of justice league being official all these i mean i was gonna say all these years but it's really only been two or we're going on three but it's felt like a lot longer than that (laughs) wouldn't you agree yeah so people you can stop trying to call at&t customer service <laughs> um, to request the Snyder Cut because they don't know anything about that. They're trying to help you with your cell phone plan, your data plan, or your text messages, or your new iPhone. Um, but yeah, um, I guess for people that were looking for it, uh, is you're finally getting what you wanted. Um, yep. I, mean, I, I, I got I got uh, a lot of thoughts to say about this, but Dane, sure. I know 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I kind of guessing you're kind of indifferent about it. So I'll let you go first. <laughs> so what how your yeah. reaction was to the news. Yeah, because uh, my my thoughts on it are pretty quick. Um, the Justice League was a terrible, was a bad movie. It's just a bad movie. Um, I know some people enjoy it, which is cool. I mean, like me, <laughs> like Tim. Uh, just not for me. It's not really a good movie. Um, I don't even think I can't remember. Did I see it when it came out? I don't think you saw it in theaters. Yeah, I don't think I. I don't think I saw it in theaters. I think I waited until it was on iTunes. But, um, yeah, I'm. I'm not really hot on that movie. I didn't. I didn't like it. Um, I don't think the Snyder Cut will change my mind. Um, I know a lot of people have been asking for this, and that it would be a better movie with the Snyder Cut, but. It, it kind of goes against what I think your problem is with it, Tim. Uh, and again, we kind of haven't really talked about it and I haven't really seen any of your comments on it, but I, I'm okay with it if it doesn't, if it doesn't change the, the main story of it, right? Like it's, it's not going to be Okay, so you have the story of the Justice League, and now we're adding it's a completely different movie. There's a new bad guy, there's or whatever. They 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 meet differently or they do something different and it's a completely different movie. Um I don't think that's what it's gonna be, but um you see all these news reports that like HBO or Warner Brothers or whoever is shelling out like twenty million dollars. Mm-hmm. Or for Zack Snyder to do this, I guess. Yep. Um, my thing is, a I, I don't care about this <laughs> Zack Snyder cut. I'm sorry, it's just not my thing. I don't like his movies, um, any of his movies, really. Yeah, Dawn of the Dead was all right. Uh, if you if you cut about like 35 to 40 minutes off of it, because there's a lot of just like, like just sitting around sort of stuff. But um, yeah, I'm not really a fan. Uh, It doesn't really affect me. Um, But. Will you be watching it though? Once it comes out on HBO max, uh, you just have the curiosity to check it out. Look, if this, if we go back into quarantine, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When you got I, nothing to do, but, and you're trying to kill time. <laughs> but it's it, you know, if it's a rainy day, sure. But uh, no, not 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 really. I mean, unless I get this glowing review from Tim, and everybody's talking about like how the Snyder Cut is the the the, the golden example of superhero movies, you know. Sort of like how people were talking about Endgame or mm-hmm. The Dark Knight or what have you, right? Then I'll watch it. But um, no, not really. I don't think it's really going to change anything. I think maybe you're going to get 20, 20 minutes, 25 minutes of mm-hmm. at, at the most of just 
and yeah, people sitting around just doing nothing. You know, I don't think it is what people are expecting. Uh, people that were calling for this were expecting. I think it's just, uh, I mean, you, you know better than I do too <laughs> with uh, Star Wars. You know, people releasing their own cuts. This is a better cut. This is how the Phantom Menace should have been. This is how Rise of Skywalker should have, should have been, you know, that sort of thing. I don't think it's going to be that. Um, and that would be my only problem with it, if it is. If, you know, it's, it's, it's one movie and then the Snyder Cut comes out and it's a totally different movie. Well, Dane, I think that's, that's actually. Uh, go ahead. I was going to say that's from everything I'm hearing and what I follow. That's pretty much exactly what it's going to be. I, I'm expecting it to be something totally different. And from the stuff I've been hearing and reports about it, it's going to be a completely different experience than the theatrical yeah. cut. I mean, what are we talking about? Because that movie has been filmed already. I mean, it's done. But they had, remember had all those reshoots that when Josh Whedon came on board. And okay, yeah, sure. From what I'm hearing, and again, who knows what's actually accurate, but I believe Zack Snyder said about from what was actually in the theatrical cut, it was about like one-fourth of what he actually shot. And he has hours of <laughs> footage that wasn't used in there. Oh, no. So it is well, going to be one of those completely different things. And I think that's actually for the better. I mean, why go through all this trouble and length to get it out when it's going to be minor changes and just like a few extra minutes of stuff to have this big movement to have this big announcement i think it should be something big and different to where it's going to warrant the outcry for it and the call for that fans wanted to have for this cut to have it be something different and it just remains to be seen though is how much better is it actually going to be and i don't know uh, I'll let you finish your thoughts before I start going. <laughs> on, I don't want to necessarily rant, but just my thoughts and feelings on the whole thing. So I don't know if you have anything more you wanted to say about it, but I don't want to, didn't want to cut you off and to start going into my whole thing about it. No, it's, I guess my final thought is I hope this doesn't become the standard um, mm. where a movie comes out, it doesn't do what you think it's going to do, right? Mm -hmm. Um Rise of Skywalker is a perfect example of that. Mm. Um, and I hate to, you know, bring constantly bring that up, but, you know, well, you, just the last you, two Star Wars, Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker is the same thing. <laughs> you just have yeah, the but, different opposite sides wanting the different yeah, changes sure. to it. Sure. But, like, I mean, I guess I, I, I just hope it's not like Rise of Skywalker where it comes out becomes the standard and then there's you see i'm trying to like collect my thoughts because like, like you know like fan outcry wanting things changed and yeah their right, version right, out right. there no matter what i mean you look at sonic right mm -hmm. there was a huge fan outcry and they changed the whole design of sonic and I, I and I know that's just a minor thing. And it I was for that, the better. It definitely was. <laughs> and it was for the better, right? But it's just I hope this doesn't become the standard where yeah, you know, superhero movie comes out or whatever movie comes out, and then 
there's a fan outcry and there's it gets on conspiracy level you know thinking and then they have to put out this movie right or they, they feel they have to put out this movie and yeah. they have to spend 20 million dollars on it and i i just hope that this doesn't become the standard where it's like no the movie sucked it was awful it didn't make money and then now oh if there's this secret snyder cut or if Zack snyder you know could 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 have edited the film or whatever you know the movie would have been better it would have made him i don't know 100 million more dollars or whatever and it's i hope this thinking doesn't become the standard because that's a it's stupid and b you know it's kind of scary because think about it it's it's just a really really bad idea and i don't i don't know i mean i'm i don't want to get too into it but uh <laughs> just, just, just uh suffice it to say uh, i i just hope this isn't from the standard and we're we're getting re-released cuts of movies and you know okay so this is the real one real one you know uh, the 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 original justice league is the original one okay so which one is the original one and and it's going to create this conflict and on and on and on right mm-hmm. so uh that, that's just my main thoughts on it um not really excited don't really care and again uh, unless you or somebody else on twitter or uh, whoever says this is the, the the shining example of superhero movie making, then probably not going to watch it. And you know, I totally agree with what you're saying about hopefully this doesn't become the norm for movies that people don't like, or they just don't like a story aspect of it. And I mean, again, bring it up for the sequel trilogy for Star Wars. I'll petition to remake the Last Jedi and the Rise of Sky, all that stuff. That stuff is like you don't want to see that as far as those type of calls and outcries being acknowledged but i honestly think this was a special case to where this one it could work by doing for justice league the snyder cut to be done and to be finished because what came out in the theater wasn't really his movie and that fact that the studio meddled with it and there's reports Obviously, he had a tragedy with the loss of his daughter, and that was what they said was the reason for him stepping down and Josh Whedon came in. But then the reports came out saying that he was actually fired before that, and that was just kind of the, I guess, the PR statement to announce that he's no longer working on the project. But again, who knows what exactly is accurate, but I think I'm leaning towards believing that he they were they wanted to fire him before this movie was finished production and principal photography. And yeah, but you see that, that that's a whole different problem. That, that's and, Warner Brothers problem, really. Uh, that's yeah, the it, thing. It, they should have, if they weren't happy with Zack Snyder's vision and where he was taking the DC universe, they shouldn't yeah. have given him all the reins in the first place. They should have known by what they saw with Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman before even 
again, it's the whole thing with Warner Brothers is moving too fast with this universe and wanted to get catch up with Marvel, and they just gave Zack Snyder the keys and let him run with it before knowing if they were going to be happy with it or not. And that's on them. Yeah. And to be honest, they did that, and they gave him the keys to the DC Kingdom. They should have let him finish and do the vision that he wanted to. They they let him do it. They agreed to it. So that's why I think this is a special case where I'm for it to where he's going to be able to finish the version of the movie that he wanted to do because the one that came out was not pretty much his movie as of all reports under indicating that there was barely anything of what was in what was what he shot. And cause I'm hearing yeah, it could but, be, yeah, but what I'm, what I'm saying is that, that that's like a whole different kind of thing. You know, that that's not about editing a movie or Zack Snyder himself doing, doing the edit on the movie. That's a company problem. You know, that's a systemic problem. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's that, why you really that, can't compare it. totally separate, right? That's why you really can't compare it to the yeah. like, fan outcry to Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker and wanting to re-edit or a remake because the directors weren't fired off those projects. They got to do what they wanted to do. So that's what well, you got to live technically, with. Technically, yes, but it, the director was fired of Episode Nine. Well, that was before... <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just uh, as far as the movie just, being I'm in production and all time. that. It wasn't like JJ took over and did his script. JJ yeah. went in and did his script and made the movie he wanted to make. So that's the thing with Zack Snyder; well, he didn't I get mean, to make the movie he wanted to make. Yeah, I, I, I guess the sort of cons- conspiracy level thought about Rise of Skywalker is, you know. A, the director, right, when when Abrams took over. And then B, y- you have him and the writer, Chris Terrio, talking about the ending and stuff. And like, oh, no, but we just, Palpatine is this, or Ray was supposed to do this, and on and on and on, and, you know, with Ben and everything. Um, that, that's sort of what I was kind of comparing, but... Um, but it was to think it was their choice. They had the creative freedom. Yeah, right, right, dinner. Sure. <laughs> right. So I'm sorry, I, I I keep on interrupting. No, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, I kind of had mixed feelings when I heard this right off the bat. I'm just shocked that this happened because <laughs> I never expected to get this. And as you know, anyone who listens to the podcast or follows me on Twitter, I've been very quiet about the whole release of the Snyder Cut movement. I barely commented or did anything <laughs> regarding that because i just thought it was a pipe dream that wasn't gonna happen i didn't see it's almost like i didn't want to spend too much time and energy doing that because i really didn't see it was going to happen and not to mention i didn't want to be part of that toxic fandom that was not all every fan behind the release of snyder cut movement it was like that i, I don't definitely don't want to make that impression that everyone behind release of snyder cut was toxic fans and because that's definitely not true there's definitely some obviously good, respectable fans out there who really want to see Zack Snyder's vision of this movie. And I totally respect that. But just those toxic fans just put like a bad stain on the movement because that's the ones that got the focus. Those who are issuing death threats to different people involved and just being real nasty. People like Jeff Johns saying he knows nothing about DC and ruined the movie franchise when you couldn't find a more creative talent who respects the DC universe and characters more than Jeff Johns. So there's a lot of nasty negative 
people that were there trying to behind this movement to get it made. So there's a part of me that feels kind of bad that this is almost like a reward for those people. And I hate to feel that way because I know there's a lot of people who are, like I said, respectful and just wanted to see this vision completed and who are through the roof happy about this. And that's awesome that they're feeling this excited. But also, too, I just can't help but feel somewhat of a little bummer that these people who were nasty and toxic are getting rewarded for that and are continuing to be nasty and toxic because now you got people kind of spewing crap all over Matt Reeves' Batman movie and they want that to fail and saying, oh, when people see the Snyder Cut, they're going to realize what a mistake and awful Robert Pattinson is as Batman and Matt Reeves is how truly awful his movie is going to be. So it's just like <laughs> still dealing with that sort of nastiness and toxicity in this fandom just gets so tiring and i did not want to like i said spend time or energy or be associated with those type of fans so but again happy for those who were real respectful and did good things with it because i know a lot of people behind release the snyder cut movement did a lot of stuff for charity which is awesome and used it for good cause so there's a lot of positive stuff i wish it was all positive that's the bummer about it but there was some negativity to it as well so um that's why some of my mixed feelings on it, I'm going to go with the negative first of how I'm feeling about it. That was part of it. But another thing I'm just wondering to going into it is, is this going to be something where it's going to be cool to see and finally get Zack Snyder's vision of what his justice league is going to be, but will it truly be his full vision? Part of me thinks this is going to be a half finished story of his of the story he wanted to tell with these DC characters, because who knows how long this is going to be. It's, I'm here on the Hollywood Reporter. They had a breakdown about all this went down as, regarding the time front time frame as far as when Warner Brothers contacted Zack Snyder. This all pretty much started um, on the second anniversary of the movie's release back in November, where um, the Warner Brothers chairman, I believe his name was Toby Emmerich, contacted Zack and his wife Debbie Snyder about if they're going to be interested in finishing this because he realized the fan base wants this and they wanted to see if they'd be willing to do it. And that's how the ball got rolling. And even before the announcement got made, we heard rumblings from insiders and uh, like Hollywood trade reporters kind of laying down like the teases that something's going to happen. You see some vague comments from people saying, Oh, I was wrong. This is happening. Get ready for an announcement. And sure enough, a few days later, that's when it happened. So we kind of got a little inkling that something big was going to go down with the Snyder Cut, but um, it wasn't until earlier uh, this past week, as we're recording this on May 23rd, you're probably listening to this pretty far in advance in the future, like probably two weeks from we actually recorded this, but the news came down on May 20th when it was officially announced that the Zack Snyder Cut was happening. And part of the details in the Hollywood Reporter article is that they don't know if this is going to be a long four and a half hour movie because that's the kind of reported time frame that his original cut was going to be or it could possibly broken up into a mini series where i think Zack snyder said during kind of like a preview of his cut that he showed to executives of how there could be cliffhanger moments to end an episode on and continue that so it might be a mini series which would be interesting if it goes that way so the point is is what i'm trying to get to as far as one of my negatives is that we first heard that justice league was supposed to be a two-part story and to get Snyder's complete vision on screen and finished, 
is that going to be, is he going to do something to wrap, to cut out whatever was planned for that two part story and do it all in this one extended cut of the first justice league movie? Like if, if this cut is originally four and a half hours, that's pretty much two movies, but is that going to encompass what he had planned for the second movie? And I don't think it is. And the part that, makes me feel a little mixed on it is that is this going to be an unfulfilled movie where what if it ends on a cliffhanger like it was originally intended and we don't get to finish that story we're not going to get Justice League part two because i don't think they're going to move on and do anything beyond just finishing what was filmed for this first justice league movie so is it going to be a half story that gets finished i mean we don't know he could do something differently where he wraps it up in the Snyder cut, but did they film stuff to actually have a finish? That's my thing. Did they actually film scenes with these characters that would give it a satisfying conclusion to a story? That's what I'm not sure on. And if it's not, and it kind of ends on a cliffhanger or a tease and we're left thinking, Oh, this is awesome, but we're not going to see the end of that. That's going to be a bit of a bummer, even though it would be great to see his original intention for this first Justice League movie. It, if it ends with a tease of setting up dark side, and dark side's arrival and we're never going to see the fulfillment of that that's going to be a bummer <laughs> and it's, we're still going to be kind of in the same place where maybe the next hashtag would be release the snyder cut of justice league 2 or, or finish justice make justice league 2 it almost seems like this isn't going to be it with the just, Zack snyder's justice league and i think it is time to kind of move on with us now officially getting his cut of justice league uh, i'm hoping that this would be for, for us as fans to move on from this whole debate about the Snyder cut and the theatrical cut of justice league, just to get that finished version out there. But will it be finished? That's my big question. And what I'm wondering about, and to be honest, one other thing I'm thinking about too, is some of the reports and leaks that potentially could be involved in his cut of the justice league. I'm not necessarily sure I'll be a fan of, I mean, again, I got to wait to see the finished movie and who knows if these reports were fully accurate, but some of the stuff I've heard got me excited and some of the stuff didn't. Uh, for instance, I've heard that Superman is pretty much not going to be back to when he gets comes back to life. He's going to be evil in this first part of the Justice League movie. And that goes to my point of it ending on a cliffhanger where are we going to see Superman be resurrected and become the hero that we expect him to be by the end of the story? Or will it end with him being still a bad guy? Because I believe the reports were that he gets resurrected by Darkseid and Darkseid kind of uses him for his bidding and fights the Justice League. And is that where the movie is going to end on? Because like I said, it would be a bummer if it, even if it's awesome, it's a really cool battle. It's a cool story playing out with Superman working for Darkseid. Because we've thought, seen that be worked as a good story before in the Superman, the animated series finale of Legacy. That was awesome. And if we could get something like that on screen, that would be great. But will it be finished? <laughs> well, because... That would be such a disappointment if it won't be. So that's kind of where my mixed feelings more on the negative side are coming into this. Just what exactly are we going to get as far as getting a finished version of Zack Snyder's DC story? And will it be something that um, I'll, I'll be happy with? Because like I said, I've heard mixed things on the reports of what his Snyder cut could entail. Some cool stuff like more Green Lantern uh, teases and setup. But again, that might be more towards the disappointment where they tease and set up Green Lantern, but we don't get the fulfillment of that with Justice League Part 2. And getting Darkseid more involved with that, it's going to be great. 
sense. But at the same time, there's some other stuff that I'm not sure that's something I'm looking forward to seeing in uh, this Justice League movie. So, again, it's all unknowns. we got to see how long this cut's going to be and just what exactly um, is his plan to finish up the story. So, but um, the, that's what, kind of where I'm feeling, have mixed feelings on as far as stuff I'm not sure about. It might be kind of leaning towards on the negative side of things. But on the positive side of things of how I'm feeling about this, I mean, I'm just really glad he's going to be able to finish the movie to the extent that he wanted to, because it really, I think it was a crime what was done to him as far as the movie getting taken away from him and just being recut and re-edited into something that totally wasn't his vision and something that he can't even watch, he says. And again, this is coming from someone who actually really enjoyed the first the theatrical cut of Justice League. I've been on record of saying that in our review for it since it came out, and I still stand by that. I still enjoy watching it, even though I know it's not the Justice League movie that us as diehard DC fans probably deserved. And maybe Zack Snyder's cut will be that. We don't know. But I'm just glad he's given the opportunity now to do and kind of because I think he was dealt was what was done to him was kind of the like an injustice was done to him as far as him not being able to finish the vision that he started off all those years ago. When, like I said earlier, Warner Brothers gave him the keys to the DC kingdom and they should have just let him seen it through besides try to scramble and save what the, or in their mind, save what they could with it and end up backfiring on them big time. So might as well just let him finish with his vision and try to uh, tell the story he wanted to tell. So I'm glad that he's going to be able to do that. And I'm just looking forward to seeing these characters again, because I thought obviously, you know, Ben Affleck wasn't coming back to be Batman again Henry Cavill wasn't as definite that he wasn't coming back, but it wasn't looking good. So just to see more of Henry Cavill's Superman, more of Ben Affleck's Batman interacting with Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman, Ezra Miller's Flash, Jason Momoa's Aquaman, Ray Fisher's Cyborg, because all those characters and those actors playing those characters were great in Justice League. I think regardless of how you feel about the movie, I think you can most people would agree that those actors did a great job in playing those characters. And I've, I'm excited just to see them in those roles again to get what if the rumors or reports are true of four, four and a half or see the cut is four and a half hours. We'd get two more additional hours of seeing these characters that I love so much again, played by actors who did a great job in those roles. So I'm really excited about that. And then plus to some of the story aspects that I am hopefully excited to see in this is more of dark side and the apocalypse connection because that was something that was barely hinted at in the theatrical cut and i know Zack snyder did some stuff with dark side um he had an actor cast of that actor just kind of just sent a tweet out a couple of days ago saying oh, i guess it's out now i can say i am dark side just a matter of how much we'll see of dark side but if we get a little bit of live action dark side i think that's going to be awesome to see and just get more of that apocalypse and new God's lore in there is going to be really, really cool. So, yeah, overall, uh, even though when I first heard it, I kind of had some mixed reactions. I got to say, overall, I'm excited for it. I can't wait to see it. I'm going to be seeing it on day one when it launches on HBO Max. There's no set release date yet. It's just scheduled for 2021. They obviously got to go into post-production mode. Um, like you mentioned earlier, Dane, they're giving them about 20 to $30 million to add special effects, edit, uh, rescore the movie. And uh, th- there were some reports about getting some of the cast to do some additional dialogue, but not to do any reshoots or anything like that. So, And they're going to be using the same crew that 
they used uh, when they were working on the movie originally. So that's going to be good. So I'm just really anxious to see his version, just to kind of put a period on this uh, whole deal of the release the Snyder Cut. We're finally going to get it, and I'm hopefully we can move on from it. But I don't like I said, depending on how it ends, we might not be moving on from this. So, but when it's all said and done, we're going to get a new. Pretty to me, I pretty think it's going to be a totally new Justice League movie, like we were talking about earlier. It's probably going to be so different that there's it's pretty much going to be two different movies and to me we got two different justice league movies why not i love these characters so much i'm looking forward to seeing more of them and even if the two stories are vastly different it would just be like you know a different elseworlds comic story (laughs) that you have two copies of so i'm just viewing it as that way it's just a win-win for fans i think why not to have these two stories not like Sad to say, this move, this movie universe isn't going to be moving forward with all these characters. Obviously, it will with Wonder Woman and Aquaman, but with Batman and Superman, and who knows if Flash ever gets off the ground, and Cyborg, this is probably going to be it for them. So I don't think it's going to be getting the DCEU back where we're going to be getting more stories in this continuity and crossovers and stuff like that. I'm not expecting that. So I'm just hoping this puts a nice... I wraps a nice bow around the story arc that Zack Snyder started with Man of Steel because, you know, it's been hit and miss for me. I loved Man of Steel. Uh, BVS uh, was disappointed where it first came out, but there, I've come to appreciate certain aspects of it and overall enjoy it for the most part, despite having some problems with it. And Wonder Woman was great. Aquaman I really enjoyed. And Justice League, like I said, I enjoy too, but even though I know it could have been better. So the DCEU has been hit and miss. And it's not like that's going to continue regardless of... I mean, I guess I can't say that definitively because I never thought the Zack Snyder cut would be released. So let's say it's just such a big hit. It does great numbers. It's well-received. It's what everybody was hoping for. Maybe Warner Brothers will be convinced to continue on with this universe. But I do have a hard... Well, you see, that's another thing. It could be an exclusive thing to HBO Max. If they want to continue with this version of these characters, maybe they will do more limited series with them. We don't know. So it's all, I don't know. You can look at it different ways, thinking this is going to be it, or depending on how it is, it could be a launching point for more stories with these characters, maybe just done in a different way. So we'll just have to wait and see. But again, I was just surprised it happened. I was not expecting it. So if anything, if nothing else, I got more DC content to look forward to in live action with these characters and I'll always be excited about that so the Snyder Cut is happening <laughs> this is something we got to we'll probably be following as the, over the next year as we get probably more story details uh, trailer I think it was reported that Zack Snyder's already cutting working on cutting a trailer for it um, he already released a picture of uh, the Adam Ryan Choi as uh, who was supposed to be in the movie so there's going to be some more teases and stuff as we get to that 2020, 2021 release, I should say. And that should be fun, <laughs> just to getting different glimpses and looking at what we could expect from his original cut of the Justice League. So, yeah, I mean, what better way to celebrate 200 episodes and getting a <laughs> big milestone bomb dropped like this for us to talk about and to debate about? Because it's not something that I think everyone just can immediately be excited about because the points you brought up dane were well valid as far as just setting a precedent 
for some, you don't want to see too much in Hollywood and when it comes to movies and fan expectations, thinking when they just don't like something, they think if they scream loud enough, they can get what they want. And that's not a precedent. I don't think anyone wants to be the norm. But I do think this is definitely a special case where uh, this is an exception to the rule where it's good that this is happening this way. It's just a matter if um, the content we're giving is going <laughs> to satisfy those uh, who are uh, gonna or who are gonna watch it because I really think it's gonna be broken down like this. Those who did not like Justice League or just even Zack Snyder's vision of the DC universe, starting from Man of Steel and BVS, I don't think this is gonna change anyone's opinions on that. If you weren't happy with the tone and direction Zack Snyder took those movies and these characters in the previous movies, I don't see how more of his vision is gonna change your mind on that. And then I think. For those who loved his visions and enjoyed those movies immensely and who really wanted to see us cut, I don't think there's going to be much to sway those to not like it and to um, go into the movie, and, or I should say, after watching the movie, expecting and not liking it because I think you just have this high expectations. You wanted this so much, you're probably going to like, love it no matter what <laughs> because this is something you've been clamoring for after being such a huge fan of the direction he's taking these characters. So, that's why it's interesting to think about how it's not really going to move the needle to go on more with this universe, I think, because this universe, it's sad to say, was not successful enough with the mainstream and in the box office. Obviously, we wouldn't be in this position if that's what the case. So just to, and having more of that vision on a streaming platform, I don't I personally don't think it's going to be enough to launch any. Of continuing stories in this universe with this direction of characters but again who knows what can happen anything can happen now <laughs> as we're seeing with this so it's just going to be interesting to see how it all plays out and i'm looking forward to watching it once it comes out in 2021 so yeah that's my thoughts on the snyder cut of justice league officially happening never thought we'd be talking about it but here we are on our 200th episode talking about justice league a movie obviously Every comic book fan wants to see done really well in live action. And hopefully this will be something that um, fans will look at more fondly than what's on Blu-ray and DVD now that you could watch, even though I do enjoy it. But if it's something more epic and better than what we got, I mean, what's wrong with that? So we'll, we'll see. But it's definitely coming when I thought it was never going to. So yeah. hopefully. Um, I didn't ramble on too long. When does, <laughs> when does HBO Max come on? Come it actually comes out in a couple of days as we're recording this episode. I yeah. believe it's May 27th. I've, I've been seeing ads for that on Twitter, every site I go to. <laughs> and um, I'm already signed up for it. So <laughs> Yeah, I think it's if you already have an HBO Go or Now account, you automatically yeah. Or signed up for HBO Max, which is cool because <laughs> I already have HBO now. And I yeah, do think it's so, going to be it's going to be good for the streaming platform. I mean, I think it's a big thing to have as far as an exclusive content to have to people to hopefully sign up and to check it out for those yeah, who. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm thinking it's not going to change anything because mm -hmm. I figured, you know, either a people already saw Justice League, and I'm not talking about you and me that. You know, uh -huh. our comic book fans or Batman fans or whatever, right? Um, I'm talking about just your average consumer. 
Okay. Uh, you either saw it, didn't like it, saw it, thought it was okay, saw it, liked it, I guess. Um, but if if you're in, if you saw it and you didn't care for it, or you saw it and you know it's like whatever, then I don't think this is a big selling point. And, and I think that that was the sort of main thought behind uh yeah i i think that was what most people thought was just like oh that, that was all right or yeah i didn't like that and i don't think it's gonna make people sign up for hbo max any faster than they already are but i don't know that's just me i I still don't think this is a good idea. I just don't. Um, you, you do bring up good points, Tim, when you say, you know, uh, there's rumors or whatever that Zack Snyder was fired, that he didn't, he wasn't involved after a certain point, um, either because of, because of his daughter or because he was fired before that. Um, but yeah, I just don't think this is a good idea. Um, but if it's true with what you said about him being fired or what have you, then I guess it's a good idea. I mean, I, I, I just have to kind of go with it and just be like, you know what? Okay, I guess that's a good idea. I hope these release the Snyder Cut people. I, and I'm talking about everybody on that spectrum, you know. From the worst to, you know, the respected fans that really want to see it. Like yourself, Tim. I, I'd count you in that. Um, well, I wasn't I, someone I who was very vocal I, about it. I was kind of like a take it or leave it person. Sure. <laughs> so I, sure. but, I wouldn't say but I was clamoring for it at all. Yeah, but still, you, you were curious, right? Yeah, that, definitely. Um, yeah. If it came out, I yeah, was definitely so, going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, so I'd count you with that. Okay. Um, but I, I do hope you guys get what you want. And I hope that it is what you want, you know? Yeah. Because can you imagine if it comes out and it's not what people wanted? It's it's not what people were expecting. It's not better. It's just the same. And, um, you know, people start saying, you know, like you said, them, uh, re-release, release, the Snyder Cut or re-release I, I, I don't know how the hashtag would work for that <laughs> they'll think of something trust me <laughs> um, yeah I just hope it's what you want and this doesn't turn into a big thing I think this is a bad decision um, especially where we're at now with everything going on in this fandom I just don't think it's a good idea. But well, speaking from a production I, standpoint, it kind of makes sense that they would want to do this because, as we know, a lot of production has stopped on films due to COVID. And if they want something big for their streaming service, they could obviously have something that's finished filming already. They just kind of do post production work. And it would be something that people would be buzzing about. Obviously, it already is. So they have some that's already filmed. They just got to finish the special effects, editing, and all that stuff. And you've got something big to promote on your streaming platform when maybe you wouldn't have because you weren't able to film 
certain things and start production on other stuff you had planned for it. So it kind of works in Warner Brothers or HBO Max's favor to have some a big content on there that maybe they couldn't have because of COVID pre- preventing production on certain things. And that's why I think it could be good for the service where let's say they go the route where it wants to be kind of like a mini series. They could break it up into several parts, have people subscribe to the service for a couple of months instead of those who would be signing up just to see the movie and then unsubscribe. So if you really want to have those people who are clamoring for the Zack Snyder cut, you'd have them subscribe for a couple of months at least if you break it down to some parts. So they could do it that way too to have it be more viable and to be uh, more successful on that front. Because that's the thing I'm not sure about where if you had the, this is, and again, this is the small minority when you're comparing to the general audience who's going to be subscribing to HBO Max. But um, I wonder if the people who were really clamoring for the Snyder Cut weren't going to sign up for HBO Max anyway, just as a kind of protest to Warner Brothers or what have you. Because, you know, if I'll, every time Warner Brothers or HBO would announce some people in comments on Twitter, Facebook would all be about the Snyder Cut. So if you're getting those people to subscribe who wouldn't, originally but now that it's going to be on there they will and you can get them for a few months if they break it into several parts then uh you'll be getting more money that way so that's where i think it could be a success and you got that tentpole genre style show movie however you want to describe it on your streaming service now like disney plus can say with the mandalorian um warner brothers obviously big genre property is the dc characters and now they got something um, with that that they could promote and use for us as a selling point for their service next year so that's where i think it could be a win for them as far as hopefully getting more people for the streaming service for hbo max but um again we'll have to wait and see what the numbers actually are i'm just real curious to see how it's going to be broken up or released um even though i know you're not you're indifferent on it now dan you don't really care to see it unless you say it's good but if it was something you're really excited for how would you want it to be shown and released? Would you want to see like a four and a half hour movie or would you like it to see it broken up into several parts as a miniseries? You know, that that was my original idea for um, uh, the last season of Game of Thrones where mm-hmm. it was, they should have done it because it was so few episodes, they should have done it quarterly, um, mm-hmm. not release the whole movie. I mean, the, the whole season week to week to week to week, right? Uh-huh. And I, I kind of have the same idea with with uh, this movie. Maybe release, I don't know, an hour or something. Make it make it episodic, and release it not every week, you know, week after week after week, but spread it out a little bit. Um, I think that would be a more interesting, and b I think that would be the better idea um, rather than just having one set four-hour movie. I mean, because if you think about it, who's really going to sit there besides diehard fans that want this cut Yeah, and watch a four-hour movie? Mm, I mean, you know, Lord of the Rings isn't even that long. <laughs> right. And um, Netflix has The Irishman. That's why I haven't watched the entire Irishman, because it's it's um, three hours, and I just can't do it. I just can't sit there oh. for three hours. And Isn't it like three, three and a half hours or so? Three hours and 40 minutes? Something, something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really long. And um, yeah, I, I, I think that would be the better idea to, to release it. And again, going back to your point, you have something to look forward to. I mean, especially since 
um, COVID-19 and, you know, movie studios, television producers, and all of these people are not filming right now. So just do it episodically and release it, I don't know, every other week, every month or something. And every month would really be torture <laughs> for Wade. <I> <laughs> <laughs> but, but I don't think it's a good idea to have it, you know, just, okay, four-hour movie. Because yeah. we saw what happened with, with, with Game of Thrones. You know, maybe, maybe spread it out a bit, you know, make people really want it. Yeah, the more I think about it, I think the more I'm leaning towards have it be an episodic release, have it split in yeah. a, part, a few parts. Just like I said, have yeah. a something to look forward to. It's an event that lasts a little longer than just having a, a one and done movie on there. And like I said, if it is going to be four and a half hours, only the true diehards will spend that sure. time to watch the entire movie in one sitting. Yeah, I mean, what was Game of, the, the the last uh, season of Game of Thrones? Was it like an hour and a half per episode or something? Almost. I think I think the yeah, last episode was pretty close to that. Right. Yeah. So. I think that's, I mean, if you release it in an hour and 30 minute or hour and 10 or 20 minute chunks and spread it out. Yeah. I mean, that way, if they really wanted to milk it and kind of release as many as they can, it could only be like a half hour or 40 minute per episode, so to speak. And you can get, get more mileage out of that way and have it be on there a few more months. And sure. then. Then when it's all out, then you can release like the ultimate four and a half hour cut for the diehard fans. Yeah. Um, So I'm just just looking at HBO Max's uh, launch or what they're launching with. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nothing too much on original content for me that gets me really excited at launch, but they their collection of that catalog of movies should be really good, and even some of the TV shows. Yeah, what is their movie? Oh, you, you're you're uh, really excited for the the Conjuring two. <laughs> See the Conjuring two. <laughs> I, I thought I read they're going to have some of the old classic Godzilla movies on there. That's going to be cool. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Wonder Woman. Oh, Tim, I'm I'm sure you're excited for the Matrix. Because I don't own those already, right? <laughs> oh. You're you, Tim. I got you. I got you pinned, Tim. You're excited for Crazy Rich Asians, aren't you? <laughs> that's why I got my subscription. That's why I subscribe to HBO Now at a time. Even though that movie's already on HBO Now that I could watch at any time. <laughs> I don't really have to wait for HBO Max. I'm just uh, looking through uh, their originals. I think as far as right off the bat, the only original that I'm going to check out is the new Looney Tunes. <laughs> I love the Looney Tunes cartoons. Yeah, Looney Tunes. Um, but then they're not, they're kind of taking stuff from the DC Universe app and making that like their originals. Like they're going to get uh, Doom Patrol season two as kind of a one of their big original shows, but yet it's on DC Universe too. So I'm, I'm wondering how long DC Universe is going to last. Uh, I'm not expecting it to last that much longer. As far as a video service, I'm hoping it definitely stays as a digital comic service and maybe just lower this uh, monthly subscription down a bit for it's just comics because it's worth it just for that. But I don't see the video streaming service lasting much longer when you got HBO Max and you can just 
put everything on there. So, so they're having, or they're they're just putting up in, entire runs of television shows. A good portion of them, yep. Fresh, uh, fresh prints. Yeah, that's going to be good to have and, streaming. I haven't seen that in a long time. <laughs> yeah, me either. Uh, Friends, Doctor Who, Pretty Little Liars, Rick and Morty. I mean, I guess. Yeah. But like you said, it doesn't really matter if you're already subscribed to HBO. Yeah. <laughs> you're getting it anyway. Yeah, I, was about to say, I was about to say, it doesn't really matter for me because I'm already subscribed. Um, uh, yes. t- so, uh, Tim, this this uh, this new season of Westworld has not gotten me interested at all. See, I, I've always, I, 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 I know, always I tempted to start that series. I've heard great things about the first few seasons and yeah, I always wanted to check it out, but I've I know you're not the first I've heard says that this third season's been a little bit of a disappointment. Yeah, it's not very good, but the first two seasons are definitely worth watching, I'd say. Uh, extremely complicated, um, but it's it's really uh, it's really a good show. But yeah, yeah. this third season, uh, I just cannot get into it. I mean, this the stuff with Aaron Paul. I mean, it's like, oh, I don't really care. <laughs> I don't care, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm just uh, not a fan. I'm gonna finish it, but just not a fan. Yeah, it's something I still want to check out eventually. Yeah, it's definitely worth watching the first two seasons. Did you ever least. see the original movie? No, I haven't. Uh, that that um. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm just. I, I, I saw it, but I, I just can't get into it. I mean, especially with this new series, and like, you see, the, the, that has the same problem where it's like, you have this old movie that some people like, you might even call it a cult classic or whatever, but then you have this high tech new show that looks really good. And it's like, okay, so I'm just going to go to the high-tech new show that looks really good. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So. That's what I'm curious on, because I haven't followed this TV show too much, and I saw the movie like a long time ago, so I don't remember it too much. I just know the basic plot. So I'm not sure, like, when Westworld was first announced, the TV show, is it going to be, like, a total reboot of the story, or is it continuing the story of the movie? But it's a, pretty uh, much a reboot, right? Yeah, it's a reboot. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Anthony Hopkins is in it. So yeah, pretty cool. I have, even though I haven't seen it, I have a suspicion that he dies in the first or second season because I haven't seen any promotional stuff for the third season with him. So <laughs> if I end up watching it, I'm probably not going to expect him to survive throughout the first three seasons. Tim, does he die? Pretty <laughs> <Really> sure. <laughs> I guess I'll have to watch to find out. <laughs> you'll have to watch it, Tim. Um, yeah, I'm already subscribed, so. Same. So, yeah, it's just great to have, at least for me, and I know a lot of other fans, it's something really exciting to look forward to once the Snyder Cut comes out in 2021. And I suspect it's going to be like a fall holiday release. <laughs> they probably want as much time as possible to get everything finished and yeah. completed and kind of have that big tentpole holiday or fall TV show slash movie release like most of this stuff is getting. Well, That'd be something you. competing with the... 
competing with the Mandalorian or whatever Marvel show is getting its second season or first season in 2021. Yeah. I'm sure they're going to have yeah, that little too, like, competition. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering... I'm wondering how, when movie theaters, I'm, I'm not sure about California, but when movie theaters start opening up, I mean, how many people are really going to go there? I know. I don't and think it's going to be. They're going to have to do the social dis- distancing. Exactly. Thing, right. So I've seen a lot of people I follow on Twitter kind of even being cautious as far as saying when movie theaters do open, they're still not going to go right away. And I'm sure that's going to be the case for a lot of people too. Yeah. And what are they going to show? I mean, are they going to like yeah. show the old movies that were in theaters? When, I mean, when, uh, the big question everyone's having right now is uh, Christopher Nolan's new movie, Tenet, is that going to keep its July release date? And I know Christopher Nolan's really pushing for that. So that might be the first big movie to come out when theaters open. Um, so maybe that will be the big first one that's going to be out there for people to go check out. And it looks really cool, too. I'm definitely intrigued and want to see it when whenever it does come out but uh, i think i've heard where if that comes out in july then wonder woman 1984 should still be on track for august but if tenants get pushed back then wonder woman might get pushed back to december of this year which is going to be a major bummer (laughs) because we'd really be only about two or three weeks away from seeing that movie right now which i try not to think about too much but (laughs) um so yeah, everything's still up in the air with these movies, but Tenet might be the first big one to come out in a couple of months, but I guess we'll we'll see. But I definitely know for sure Chris Nolan ain't having that release on digital first. <laughs> you can take that to the bank. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just wondering what else are they going to show? You know, besides, but like, let's say Tenet does get released in, in July. What else is going to be showing? Maybe you, you just know, have one or show, like, maybe you just have a couple of movies. I mean, to keep that social yeah. distancing up more, maybe you only show a couple of movies at a time, and that's how we'll do it. Yeah, that's true. It's definitely going to be different when movie theaters do open. It's not going to be like how it was before. That's for sure. Yeah, and I, but I'm totally all for just having empty uh, spaces of seats <laughs> and rows watching. Oh a movie. yeah, that's that'll be nice. Yeah, I. If if that's the case, I'm there at the movies day one when they reopen because it's that's why I don't like going to movie theaters, especially the the old style movie theaters where um, you know you're not separated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, I I just can't do it. That's why I wait for home releases unless it's uh, a movie I really want to see. Like Tenet. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's going to be interesting. That's for sure. It's, yeah. Movie theater going is going to be a whole new ball game once stuff starts reopening and coming out again. So we'll, we'll just have to adapt. <laughs> like we're adapting to everything else right now. Um, so yeah, um, that's our feature topic for this episode. Um, kind of a long one. Uh, <laughs> kind of had to be, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of stuff to dive into uh, and dissect about it. Yeah. Um, but now we can move on to our reviews for this episode because we uh, this is kind of a rushed thing, and we don't really have anything else. So, um, uh, Tim wanted to review the new Justice League Dark uh, movie, right? Yep. 
that just came um, out on Blu-ray this past week. So got it. Yeah. Saw it. Now I want to talk about it. <laughs> and, and and what should our rating scale for this episode be, Tim? Hmm. Gee, what could it be in regards to the Snyder Cut? <laughs> that would be fun. How about we're on 200 episodes. How about 200 different versions of the Snyder Cut that <laughs> could potentially oh be released on HBO Max? <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's a good one. That's a that's perfect. So, All right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. And this is kind of a big deal in the DC animated movies universe because this is wrapping up the quote-unquote new 52 continuity that these movies have been following since uh, Justice League War came out in 2014. So they've been doing six years of movies in this continuity. We've got some Justice League movies. We've got some Batman movies. We've got some Superman movies, some Wonder Woman movies. So I think it was a cool idea that they decided to have a continuity in these animated movies and to have it last this long was pretty cool. And now we got an end to it. And overall, I think it was a very nice conclusion to this universe and this continuity that they established with Justice League War. And it was actually pretty different than what I was expecting because I didn't read too much on it. I saw the trailer. It looked cool, but I didn't know the exact details. Didn't want to know until I saw it. So, um, And also, going into spoilers here, so if you haven't seen it yet, you might not want to hear everything I'm going to be talking about with this one because some big stuff happens and I was surprised to see it and I'm sure you'd want to be surprised as you're watching it too. So going into it, I was just expecting obviously this big battle between the Justice League against Darkseid on Apocalypse, hence the title Apocalypse War. So as the movie started, it pretty much starts right away where you see Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman having a meeting with the Justice League telling them about their plan of attack they're going to make on Darkseid and Apocalypse. And I'm thinking, oh man, they're really jumping into this and into this big battle right at the beginning. And so that's how the movie starts. They're planning their attack. They go make their way to Apocalypse and they get ambushed by not parademons, but paradooms. <laughs> parademons mixed with doomsday DNA and thus proving to be much stronger than parademons and a lot bigger threat than the Justice League we're anticipating, anticipating because it's revealed in the beginning Darkseid was watching their whole plan of attack and knew their exact moves and when they were going to come. So that's where the movie starts. Before the credits in the title card happens, you see the Justice League get ambushed by those paradooms. And then the movie flash forwards, I believe it's two years into the future, and Earth is just devastated and is r- ruled by Darkseid. It's the Justice League failed. And I was thinking, oh, man, so we're not even going to see that big battle and we're doing a time jump here. I was not expecting this. So the movie actually focuses, obviously, Justice League Dark. It's going to focus not on the main Justice League, but those of the Dark Universe. So John Constantine plays a big role in this movie, as does Raven and Superman. They're probably the three main characters of this story. So we find Superman and Raven teaming up looking for Constantine, who's just getting drunk in a bar, <laughs> drinking away his sorrows and just the how Earth is just utterly a wasteland now almost and there's just not much hope. But Superman and Raven, and especially Superman, you know, he can't give up hope. They want to do what they can to save the Earth and take down Darkseid. So they need to find John Constantine to have him use a locator spell to find Damian Wayne. And the reason they need to find Damian Wayne is because Batman is now under the control of Darkseid 
in the Morbius chair, pretty much the new Metron. And this was an aspect I wasn't expecting in the movie is how Darkseid took out the Justice League, but is using them to his advantage, which was something kind of different to see in a movie and a little disturbing, but I appreciated them doing something different for this movie where it wasn't just a big epic Justice League versus Darkseid battle that you're used to seeing and what pretty much we saw in Justice League War already, but we see what happens if Darkseid defeated the Justice League and how they would react to that and how they'd have to overcome that. So I liked how that was the plot for this final movie. So seeing Batman in the Morbius chair being kind of Darkseid's right, Dark right-hand man here, um, it was pretty trippy to see because we knew that happened to Batman in the Dark Side War comic. He wasn't actually working for Dark Side in that comic. He just used the Morbius chair for um, his own desires, really, and to gain his own knowledge, which I love that aspect. So to kind of see it adapted here in this movie was really cool. So that was his use for Batman. For Wonder Woman, Dark Side used her to lead the New Furies, which was other members of the Justice League. They was taken down, and during the course of the movie, we get flashbacks of that battle. And it was a pretty brutal battle. I mean, this, the movie is rated R, so we saw some pretty gruesome stuff happen to the members of the Justice League. I mean, Wonder Woman loses her arm. Um, certain member, I forget who it was. It might have been Hawkman, but he got ripped in two. How Jordan gets mutilated. Mara gets her face crunched, crunched in. There's a lot of brutal stuff happening to them. And so Darkseid uses them and puts mechanical parts on the different Justice League members like Mara, Martian Manhunter, and a few others to become the new Furies led by Wonder Woman. And then Superman, he does pretty much has the ultimate defeat for him. He didn't just want to kill him. He wanted Superman to suffer and to live was his defeat and see the world he loved and tried to protect be brought to ruin. And so he injected Superman with this kryptonite infusion blood. So he has kryptonite flowing through his veins. It's not killing him, but it's making him powerless and just like any normal human. And then we have the Flash, who he captured, and just running on a treadmill nonstop, power it, pretty much being the generator for Apocalypse. Because Superman's plan is to get Damian Wayne to try to gain access to Apocalypse and have Damian get through to Bruce to try to snap him out of Darkseid's control. And from there, they can take out the generator and destroy Apocalypse. But with Flash being involved there, it kind of adds a wrinkle to that. So the course of the movie, you see Superman, Constantine, and uh, Raven, they meet up with Damien. Damien's at odds with Superman because of his plan and just over-anxiousness to defeat Darkseid and it led to their ruin and allowed his father to be controlled by Darkseid. So Damien, there's no love lost between him and Superman. And another thing that was revealed once we meet up with Damien is he's, he's pretty much the leader of the League of Assassins now. And during that battle, Darks, while the Justice League was attacking Apocalypse, Darkseid attacked Earth, and the Titans were left to defend Earth, and Dick Grayson was killed. But Damien tried to use the Lazarus Pit to resurrect him, which it did, but it made him insane. So he has to kind of keep, keep him locked up in a padded room in a straitjacket. So it was pretty brutal to see Dick like that, too. That was not fun. <laughs> but um, So after they meet up with Damien, Damien agrees to help. Lois is kind of running this group of freedom fighters, and she's trying to recruit the Suicide Squad, led by Harley which is made for a fun sequence with Harley and Lois going at it in a, a wrestling ring and them having a fight. Uh, to, if whoever wins, if Lois won, she would get Harley and the Suicide Squad to help her, which she does, and so they do help. And they're going to infiltrate uh, LexCorp, which Lex is working with Darkseid and Batman, you know, just to, to survive for himself. But 
you know, he's always playing for the best interests at hand. So once the Justice League slash Suicide Squad team up and infiltrates LexCorp, uh, they went in there, take him down. Lex agrees to help them to infiltrate Apocalypse. And there's a lot of cool, fun action sequences that played throughout the action sequence in front in the spree of LexCorp was pretty cool to see. And just seeing the different members of the Suicide Squad and the Justice League work with each other um, was pretty fun to see. But I think the highlight of the movie for me was the ending when they finally do get on Apocalypse. Uh, we get some great character moments here um, because they didn't skimp on some character deaths in this movie. Throughout the course, you see some pretty major characters uh, be taken out, both on the Justice League and the Suicide Squad. And one of the big moments happens at the end where Lois, uh, Harley, and Lex, they're trying to defend the Paradooms from infiltrating LexCorp and the portal of the mother box to transport them to apocalypse. They're defending them while Superman and the rest are trying to reach Batman and stop dark side. And you get to see the final conversation that Superman has with Lois as Lois and everyone is overtaken by the parademon and made for quite an emotional goodbye. If you, if, especially if you've seen their relationship over the course of this continuity of mo- movies, it really um, hit home as far as the emotional toll it took on Superman once he lost Lois there. But the biggest one for me is when Damien tries to snap Batman out of his control for Darkseid. But Superman's plan really didn't work. Damien, just with words, couldn't reach Batman. And Batman says some pretty hurtful things to Damien, saying how he was an accident. Your mother drugged me to conceive you. She forced you to live with me. Like You were nothing but a mistake. That whole type of thing. And him and Damien have a fight. And Batman takes him down. And he's going to kill him with Damien's sword. And this is my favorite moment of the movie. And just, again, what drives Batman and just what really makes him one of my favorite characters is just his motivation and that promise that he made to his parents. And that night in the alleyway of his parents being murdered, how no matter what mind control, what spell, what brainwashing you might do to Batman, the essence of his character and what just the nature and what drives him of his parents' murder, nothing will overtake that. And anything that reminds him of that, that's what's going to snap him back. There was this great moment if he has a sword over Damien's face, Damien's on the floor, and he's going to stab him with it. But then it cuts to a flashback of Joe Chill pointing the gun at Bruce Wayne as Bruce Wayne is sitting as a little kid in the same position as Damien. And Bruce and Damien like that triggers the memory of his parents' death. And once he remembers that, that's what snaps him out of Dark Side's control and he becomes Batman again. It was just a really well directed scene. And again, just drives what Batman's all about and just how important and what that night means to him as a person. It's just great to see him use that to get snap out of it and to spare his son. But then we get another big emotional moment where once Dark Side realizes Batman has snapped out of his control, he fires his Omega beams at him. But Damien steps in front of him and sacrifices himself to protect his father. And that was pretty brutal. You see the charred, smoked body of Damien. Like, like I said, like really brutal seeing a teenage kid like that all burnt up and saying goodbye to his father. And Bruce gets really emotional at with that. So, again, a lot of great emotional moments uh, for these characters we've seen in multiple movies have these payoffs. It was just really well done. And the other thread to this was that... Um, Constantine and Raven are kind of having their own battles where in the initial fight on Apocalypse two years ago, Constantine saw Zatanna, his girlfriend, be killed by parademons and he just ran away. He didn't 
helper and he had that guilt and lost the respect of a lot of heroes for him just running away and he wanted to make up for that and raven she still has trigon trapped in her medallion in her forehead and he's constantly telling her to let him go to defeat dark side and that was their trump card where um he does get freed constantine says he'll kill raven if she if he gets she she starts to get overtaken by trigon because she told him to do that that ever happened but uh, Constantine had other plans. He wanted to use Trigun for himself to make up for his failures. He wanted Trigun to inhabit his body. But instead, Trigun inhabit, inhabits Superman's body. And he cures the kryptonite poison that was in him when he was inside and starts to fight Darkseid. That was a cool fight, but what was even better is when a Trigun gets taken out of Superman and Superman has this gets his powers back, he's back to normal, and he has his fight with Darkseid. Now, that was an awesome fight <laughs> to see the final showdown between Superman and Darkseid was cool. Um, so, but they still have to get out of there. Raven's able to restore and kind of resurrect Damien with her powers. Um, and their plan was to pretty much trap Darkseid into this, into this unknown. I forget exactly what the term was, but just into the abyss of like a not apocalypse, not on earth, just in this unknown abyss to keep him tracked there. And so they need a distraction though, so they can escape. So they use Trigun to have his fight with Darkseid while they make their escape and they trapped him into this abyss and they're able to destroy apocalypse and get out. And then the movie ends surprisingly where we knew this is the end of this continuity, but everything is ruined. Characters are dead. The earth is a wasteland. You can't end on that sour note. So I kind of figured what was going to happen happened where everything started. This all happened because of Flashpoint, starting with that amazing Flashpoint movie. And so Constantine kind of talks Barry into doing it one more time, saying, you know, any outcome is better than this. So the last thing we see is Barry run off into the Speed Force and we just see this big bright light encompass the surviving characters as they all get absorbed into this light. And that's where it ends. And I will say that was kind of an abrupt ending. I wish it would show what the new world that Barry created would be like. Would it be rebirth? <laughs> would they do show little nods to that? But it just ends. And if you weren't a comics fan, if you're just watching it as someone who's a casual fan who likes these movies, is not too familiar with whole universe resets and reboots, you'd probably be wondering what the heck's going on. Did all these characters die? Did Flash just wipe them all out of his existence? Because that's what it looked like where they just got all absorbed by this big bright light. But for any comic fan knows, they know that it's, they're just resetting the universe. So it was kind of a sad goodbye to this continuity. It's no longer there. And we've seen that happen in comics a lot of times. So it's kind of interesting and fun to see it done in a movie that established its own continuity as well. I just wish we would have saw what this new continuity that Barry established would have been, whether it was in the, just in the credits, as the credits were rolling, you get little scenes here and there showing the new versions of the characters, but we didn't get anything. It was just this universe is over. So that was a little bit of a bummer. And But overall, I really enjoyed it. My only other bummer is that Green Lantern really got, you know, underserved in this movie. Hal Jordan didn't have any lines of dialogue. You need to see him get taken out by the Paradooms. And then there was a moment where Darkseid attacks Oa. I thought, oh, this could be a pretty cool battle. But he just dominated the Green Lanterns. They really didn't have much of a chance against him. And I just thought, uh, even though Darkseid's one of the strongest beings of the universe, the Green Lanterns wield the strongest weapon in the universe. And several of them could have pinned up a fight against Darkseid. I don't know if they would have won, but 
not just be taken out so easily. That's what I was disappointed with. None of them, everyone got taken out so easily, which I didn't like seeing as a Green Lantern fan. So that was a bummer. So other than that, though, again, a, a nice story. Well, not a nice story, <laughs> given the circumstances, but a well done, a well told, and a well done story to wrap up this continuity of the DC um, animated universe. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed, for the most part, these movies over the last six years. There's been some ones that I felt could have been better, like uh, the Reign of the Superman, and uh, oh, there's another one I forgot. Kind of a one I was disappointed with, but. but Maybe not too disappointed if I can't remember, but there were some that I really loved. Obviously, Justice League War was great. Uh, Batman versus Robin, which was a retelling of the Court of Owls, I thought was really, really well done. The first part of the Death of Superman, I really liked. That was good. So um, we got we had some really good movies in there. And it was just nice to see this movie universe established and grow over these past six years. And um, another good thing about this movie is that it referenced and kind of paid respects to a lot of the different aspects of this universe and the movies we've seen previously. Like I said, Suicide Squad got their moments to shine because they had a couple of movies. Suicide Squad held to pay was really cool. Uh, the Titans had their moment too. They've had, that was the other one, Teen Titans, the Judas contract. That was when I was disappointed in because I had really high hopes and expectations after it was the third movie announced for this DC animated movie universe back in 2006. And after all those years, what we got, I just felt could have been a little better, but um, Justice League versus Teen Titans was good. So this this movie encompassed all what came before it and showed its respect to all those characters that were in those movies, which is really nice to see. So overall, I'm going to give this movie four out of 200 different versions of the Zack Snyder Justice League cut that could wind up being on HBO Max. <laughs> That's still a lot of cuts. It is, yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, now that you re- you reviewed the Justice League Dark movie, now we can get onto what you really wanted to talk about. This is what this was, is a review from you. I can't wait to tear. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So as you know, I have been ever since I I saw. One of the greatest pieces of, I don't know what you call it, film history. <laughs> Concert history? Live show history. <laughs> I saw this little thing. I don't know if you heard about it, Tim. But I saw this thing called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of Their Shells. Which is, I have to say, it is... A tour de force of, <laughs> <laughs> of just a, starting with a really, really bad concept. And let's make this even worse. It is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Um, I just love it. I wish I owned, I, I wish they would release it digitally because I don't have a VHS player. I thought it was on DVHS. I mean, imagine that. <laughs> yeah, DVHS. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I it and this out of their shells thing just completely launched my fandom of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I've watched all three movies. They're all bad. Um. 
Hey, hey, I, hey. You cannot I, say I, I the know. first TMNT movie is bad. That is a classic. Yeah, sorry. That one is boring. It's what? it's kind of boring. Uh, yeah, it's boring. Well, I'm sorry. Oh, Dan, you're killing me here. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it's kind of boring, especially when they go to that farmhouse. Oh, that's one of the best parts. <laughs> it's like, what are we doing here? Uh, <laughs> uh, the, 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 okay, here we go, Tim. The Jim Hansen animatronic slash puppetry is really good. That That is just one of the amazing things about the movie. See, you need to go back and listen to, what was it? Episode 197, where I celebrated 30 years of that movie and why it's so amazing. You, Nah, you're disappointing me here, Dane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're all bad. I I especially, I especially Tim. I love, I especially love the second Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. It was totally rushed. The, the there's no Jim Henson. But you got Vanilla there's Ice. Vanilla Ice. <laughs> <laughs> But there is vanilla ice. And that, Tim. That is what makes that movie great. <laughs> go uh, ninja, go ninja, go. How could you not love that song? <laughs> it's impossible. It really is. Um, third movie, they go to Japan for no reason. And ancient <laughs> Japan for no reason. Um, they're, like I said, no reason to go to Japan. How about we just stay in New York in the sewers and let's have a movie there? No. Let's go to ancient Japan. Um, the Michael Bay movies, uh, they look cool. They are a triumph. They, they, they are the shiny example of CGI, I'd say. Um, and that's sort of Andy Circus. They're taking my facial expressions and stuff sort of thing and they're taking my performance and making a digital character out of it sort of thing right performance uh, capture yes <laughs> performance capture sorry I, I i didn't know the exact term um that movie is awful uh it's it's kind of boring um uh, and i don't know how many times i've I was watching that movie and I was like, where are the turtles? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, especially with the first one. Yeah. Uh, the second one, the second Michael Bay movie out in the shadows, better, uh, way more fun. Really way more turtles. <laughs> way more turtles. Um, totally love that. And Awful you got movie. Oliver Queen as Casey Jones. I mean, come on. <laughs> Yeah, playing. Hmm. You see, like I, I don't know the history of Casey Jones, but like, was he? Did he want to become a police officer? Is that no, why? That was all new for the movie. That's what I figured, because in the comics, but I mean, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. But in the comics, um, he is getting abused, beaten by his father, and he's in college for hockey on a hockey scholarship i was like that's really two different characters like like what is the history of casey jones but anyway um yeah awful movie uh but fun 
And I think, I think that's the point of these five Ninja Turtles live action movies is that they have to be fun, right? They have to be fun. They have to be corny. They have to be cheesy. They have to be, have that weird accent, that surfer dude accent thing going on. Um, they, they have to have a lot. Tim, I, 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 I can't. I can't say this enough. They, they they have to have a lot of marketing in their movies. That's a they good have to <laughs> a lot of products at you. Burger King, Pepsi, uh, Panasonic. I think <laughs> all of these different companies, name brands, soaps, uh, skateboards, uh, you name it, Tim. The Ninja Turtles always have, like I said last time, the Ninja Turtles always have time to tell you about this new soap that Dial is coming out with, okay? <laughs> That's what I'm saying with these movies. They have to be fun. They have to have a lot of product placement. And they got to be cheesy and corny and have all the, you know, accents and the surf dude accents and uh, music that will not age well. They, they have to have musicians in them that do not age well is, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, but then you have the IDW comic. Uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles IDW comic. I've not read the original comics. I don't know if you have, Tim. Um, the first like few arcs I have, not the entire run. Sure. Um, but this IDW Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic is something completely, completely different. It is not that cheesy, corny thing. It's not as fun and out there and loud as the movies. There's zero pro product placements. <laughs> I don't know how you do that in the comic, but um, yeah. There's zero product placement. There's no bad white rappers <laughs> that, <laughs> that are doing songs for it. It is completely... It, it's an ongoing series, so you never know. <laughs> we could still eventually uh, get that. Yeah. I, maybe I'm speaking too soon, but I don't think that's the direction they want to take it in. But um, it is something completely different. It is... There's actual depth to it. Um, the turtles are fun, um, and 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 that's one thing. You know, reading these first seven graphic novels—I mean, um, collected editions—that I have read, that I've been missing a lot in comics, especially like Batman comics, where it's been a while since I read a Batman comic, and I've had fun reading it. Mm. You know, it's it's. This big thing, like, I stopped reading when Batman was doing the, the wedding thing, right? Mm -hmm. And that just totally wasn't fun for me. That, that It was constant, you know, what's the dress going to look like, and yada, yada, yada. I mean, that's good for some people, and, you know, if that's your thing, that's cool, man. But for me, it was... Just something that you have to get through, and, you, and then you find out in the end they don't get married, and then uh, it's 
a whole plot by uh, Bane, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but reading these Ninja Turtles comics, it's fun. I've had fun. There's depth to it. There's especially when they have the flashbacks. Um, oh yes, <laughs> uh, to ancient Japan. By the way, uh, plot hole. I'm gonna have to throw out a plot hole thing right here, Tim. Uh, okay, so, I remember. <laughs> yeah, so Splinter is actually the reincarnation of a ninja, a Japanese ninja. Hamato Yoshi. Hamato Yoshi, right? Mm-hmm. So he gets reincarnated into this rat. How did he learn English? Well, that's where the mutagen is. If you know, that's what... okay. Do do they go into this? Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, how does he speak English when he's from Japan, ancient Japan? Yeah. Okay, I thought he meant speaking in general. Know, okay, okay. because <laughs> yeah. because if you know, well, maybe history, right. Maybe it's because Japan was notoriously xenophobic, right? Mm-hmm. So. How did they? How did he learn English? How is well, English even a concept? Then? Well, here maybe because in the lab he was in, the scientists were all speaking English. With April there too, once they got the mutagen, his ability to speak right. just automatically kicked in what he's been hearing all those times, which was English, and that's why he speaks it. Plot hole solved. <laughs> okay, I guess so. <laughs> I um, never really thought of it, but that's what I'm, that's how I'm taking it now. <laughs> that's how he speaks English. But man, this this IDW comic is something else. It, it really is. is. It, it's it's literally the perfect marriage of like yes. the the campiness of the movies, um, and this sort of serious. I don't know what you would call it, year one of the turtles. That menu one for mm-hmm. the turtles. It, it's that perfect marriage of like everything that you could have ever wanted as an adult, I'd say, for mm-hmm. the turtles. Yep. Um, and it is near perfect. It's, yes. It's it's uh it's near perfect, and I love it. Like I said, it's been so long since I've actually enjoyed reading a comic and. And, and wondering, okay, so what happens next? Okay, I need to buy the next collected edition to see what happens. I, I need to see what happens next. You know, I, 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 I just can't wait. So um, <laughs> That's awesome. And I, yeah. I know, obviously, we talked about our last episode, how much you enjoyed it. But there was one arc I could not wait for you to get to, to see how you thought of it. And I'm sure. dying to know what <laughs> you thought of this one. Because I know you've read it, but you wouldn't tell me what you thought of it. Not yeah. until we were recording. Okay, so, so I, I'm chopping at the bit. So City Fall. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hated it Tim. <laughs> Thanks everyone I... for listening to our two hundredth episode. <laughs> we'll see you next time. And I'll have a new co host, one who enjoys <laughs> the first Tur- Turtles movie and City Fall. Goodbye. <laughs> no. I loved it. Uh, it, it was, was oh, yeah. <laughs> it was amazing, Tim. I going back to what I was saying about fun, having fun reading a comic. This was the most fun 
reading. This was the most fun I've ever I've had reading a comic since forever ago. Wow! <laughs> and it, it it was just one of those things, you know. I, you know, going to work early or whatever, and I'd be reading it, and then okay, time to start work, and I'd be like, okay, so I just gotta read these last few pages. Okay, and then put away my phone and go to work, and then I. And then I, uh, you know, I'm working and then I'm like constantly thinking about it. Like I, I, I have to know what happens next. <laughs> That's like, the greatest feeling when you're experiencing a story like that. You just can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. So, so while I'm working, it's, it's sort of like, man, I, I, I want to know what happens next. You know, I just, I just have to know what happens next. And then. When I go on break, it's like if that's all I'm doing is I'm just reading through the 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 storyline, the city fall storyline, and it is it's it's something that's so I don't know uh, it's kind of like a run of the mill sort of concept that you could kind of see coming. Uh, you know, the storyline is Shredder. Uh, sort of convinces or brainwashes uh, Leo to join his side. And it's like, oh, okay, you know, I just, of course he did. But what he, but, but it's everything that happened in between. Mm-hmm. And it's how, it's specific, specifically, it's, it's about how Leo starts to have doubts with his mom coming to him in dreams. I love that stuff. I, I, <laughs> thought, that was, I thought that was an amazing way for to to bring the, the whole story kind of together the ancient japan stuff and this current story uh, i just thought it was a really really good idea um yeah i love the city fall i lo- I, <laughs> I i let i loved how splinter and the turtles have to team up with old hob um and, uh, and he has to break into the uh, stock gen to steal the mutagen so that old Hob can help him. Um, uh, what do you call? Uh, uh, save Leo. And the the one twist I didn't see coming, Tim, I have to say, is uh, Casey's dad becoming uh, the head of the dragons. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if he's like if that's a thing from the the old comics or something no he's actually became a character who was first introduced in the second animated series in 2003 called hun and but he wasn't casey's dad in that animated series they just i think they created casey's dad just for this comic and then they took the character hun from that 2003 series and incorporated casey's dad to become him in this one so i definitely did not see that coming as well But that's another and, thing too, the whole thing with Casey getting taken out by Shredder and just <laughs> the reaction that has not only yeah. for Raph, but how it changes his dad too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that one surprised me because I, I at first thought that uh Shredder just kicked him in the stomach <laughs> or kicked him in the chest. I didn't know he, he had one of his claw things. Um or he stabbed them with one of his claw things because if you look at the previous panels his right arm is, is covered by his cape. And 
don't know, maybe he doesn't have a claw in that one. <laughs> so <laughs> at, at first I thought he just kicked him really hard in the stomach. But um, yeah, and it, 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 especially with this um, storyline, I, I, I kind of, you kind of don't get it um, with the previous storylines, but the turtles working together, um, you know, Donnie with all of his tech stuff, Raph just going crazy. Um, so some of those panels <laughs> with him screaming, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I mean, that, that's another thing too. The, the art is amazing. Um, it, 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 it's not your, your high tech sort of high detail Jim Lee stuff, but like it's this sort of simple, and I, I don't mean this as a negative, but simplistic, but uh, raw. I I think is the right word. It's it's totally fits an indie comic, which is great for the turtles. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't expect Casey to get stabbed. Uh, didn't expect Casey's dad to become the head of the dragons, and I didn't expect to see the mother again. Uh, what's her? I think her name is Tang Shen. Tang Shen, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Tang Shen. Like I, I didn't expect to see her again. I liked how she was incorporated into the story, uh, and I I loved the 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 conclusion of the story where um, the turtles escape with Splinter and Old Hob and uh, Slash. It by the way is Slash an old character or yeah. is he a new character? Oh, no, he's an old character. Yeah. Okay. And, and what about Old Hob? He's a new he's character. a new character just for this comic series. Uh, yeah. Okay. But Did you I, read his micro issue yet at all? No, I, I haven't read the micro series yet. Any okay. of the micro series. So, and th- there's a lot of stuff that apparently I'm missing because they're, they're yeah. <laughs> like every other panel it seems or every other page it's like um, see micro series Donatello or something. You, you see, <laughs> I think you're at a good spot now. You just finished this big arc of City Fall. The turtles are going to regroup. So this might be a good time for you to go and read those micro series issues. Before you start the next chapters, yeah, because uh, well, I already start, started the uh, Northampton. Okay, so you're in the um, it's still a but, good time uh, to go back. It's, it's still a time yeah. of regrouping. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what I really liked was the ending where um, they they get away, everything's fine, but then uh, Spencer goes out to touch or put his hand on uh, Leo's shoulder, sh- shoulder, and he's like he recoils back and he's like all scared and he's like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was weird. Like, like where are they leading? Yeah, where are they going with that? Yeah, just the way you it know? dives into the turtles as characters. You know, yeah. They're different emotional toll. It took on all of them. That's what I love so much about city fall and the Northampton arc is how really deep it goes into the turtles, a more emotional level and their character. Like nothing you've ever seen before. I think in any other, medium of the turtles it's this really great stuff yeah um but i do have to say i've I've read so far i've read seven of the collected editions so i'm at um hold on i had it up uh, i had it up um i'm at issue number 29 of the series um my favorite character i have to say Tim is I'm not sure if he's a new character, an old character, or whatever, but it's gotta be Woody. Uh pizza <laughs> delivery man. He okay. is the greatest character of 
that's been created. I, I mean, I don't know if I don't know if he's is he an old character? Or is he new? I believe he's character. just new for this series. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you he, might. There's a moment coming up between him and Mikey that might surprise you, which but some more great stuff. <laughs> Again, drawing into the depth of what this comic series can go into with these characters. Um, w- without giving anything away, it is it when um, Slash attacks him. Um, no, but okay. I, I believe that leads into it though. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and I gotta say, you know, uh, Mikey's becoming one of my favorite turtles. Mm-hmm, nice, uh, especially. I, I think he has some great stuff in that Northampton arc. He really does. Okay. Uh, and over the course of what's coming next, too, you'll see how he's really kind of the heart of the turtles group. Yeah, I was about to say, like, what makes him one of my favorite turtles is, you know, Splinter's talking. He's like, he's talking to Leo, and he's like, um, you know, it's. It's because of his good heart and lighthearted nature. It's what makes the group that much better. And then you see him in the corner. He's reading the note from Woody. He says mm-hmm. they, they, you know, they can't hang out anymore. They can't talk. But he, uh, okay, yeah, that was re- the moment I was referring to. I'm not sure if you got to that point yet. Yeah, yeah, like, okay, yeah. So yeah, oh, my heart just broke yeah. for, <laughs> broke for uh, Mikey. Um, but yeah, surprisingly, he's becoming one of my favorite characters. I mean. Definitely not from the movies, I'll tell you that much. He's obviously, they're making him more than just the party dude. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, theme the party song guy. The yeah. Um, yeah, this comic, man, it... I've been telling you. <laughs> I, can't, I, I, I can't say enough about it. I, I wish you, you you battered me over the head with it. To <laughs> I probably should have. <laughs> um, hey, better it, late than never, though. Yeah, it, it, it's the depth of it you know how deep they go into you know the what the turtles are thinking you know who they are what they're trying to do you know that they're family uh, but then they can also do the action thing and they can also be that campy thing yep. they can do that campy thing you know which is which is okay because it all works here uh, and I, I think I mentioned earlier about how, you know, uh, the, the movies are campy, the, you know, the, 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 or the first three movies are campy and, you know, out there and stuff. And the second two, uh, the Michael Bay movies are, take themselves way too seriously. Um, they try to do the campy thing, doesn't work. The truth is, to me anyway, is, and I think this is unique to the franchise. Um, I don't think you can really do this in any other franchise and combine them so well. Um, is you can have the campy, you can have the the sort of kid stuff, you can have this depth, you know. And you can go back to and tell their story and get in their headspace and tell where they're at, how, you know, their personality. And you can combine all of it. And the, the product that you get is the, this comic. It's, it's perfectly this comic. That's what you would get. And I think, now correct me if I'm wrong, Tim, uh, 
I think the Turtles can do everything. Um, they, they, they can be the campy thing. They can be the kid stuff. They can be the super serious stuff. And they can be everything, right? Yeah, that's what makes them and so I think great. That's, that's, yeah, I think that's... They can unique. have those big emotional moments. Then they can go into sci-fi territory <laughs> sure, <laughs> where right. you wouldn't expect them to be. And it all works. Yeah, like the, the Dimension uh, X stuff. And um, I'm trying to remember the name of the planet. Utraminen or uh, that the other planet with the elves. Uh, yeah, the neutri- neutrinos. Yeah, neutrinos with um, uh, uh, Princess Zelda. Yeah, <laughs> that's all kind I was of. thinking. Zelda. Um, but yeah, like like you can have this big, huge battles, uh, sci-fi battle. And what I really appreciated them was, and, and uh, I'm sure they do this in in a future storyline, but they're not saving the world. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're not. Yeah. Um, there, some storylines are not even saving New York. They're, they're not even saving New York city. Um, but what I really liked about the Krang war was that, um, so Krang's building the, um, the technodrome, uh, on earth. And if he does, then, uh, earth is doomed. Right. Um, but that's not the main focus of that story. Yeah. <laughs> the main focus of that story is to save, um, I forget the name of it. Ah, what was the name of the planet? Uh, was it neutrinos? Yeah. I know they're called the neutrinos. Yeah. I think the planet's named neutrino. Too. Yeah. Neutrino. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're saving that planet. And then saving earth is kind of like a, it, 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 it's 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 kind of like a side story that they never really get to, and and, and I'm sure they will in the future. Um, but I I I just liked how they're not going there yet. You know, it's not right off the bat they're saving the entire mm-hmm. universe. You know, like like you would get with a Justice League story or an Avengers story. You know. Um, which is essentially kind of what the turtles are. They are the Justice League, if you really think about it. They each have their own uh, individual personalities, individual looks, um, and everything. But yeah, um, I I just love how you know saving Earth is kind of like an afterthought. They're they're, they're trying to save Neutrino, and they're trying to rescue the princess, and they're trying to rescue the princess's family, and they're trying to stop Krang. Right, and they come back to Earth, and everything's cool. Like, say, like, oh, we're just gone for like, like however much time, and we're back now. Um, but then you have a story like um, uh, City Fall, where it's it's they're they're saving New York City, but that's not the point. It's a right. more personal battle, really, more than anything. It's a personal battle, but that's it, it, the saving New York City isn't their it isn't the main point of the story, and they don't, they don't, they run away yeah. at the end, <laughs> um, and 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 Shredder takes over the the crime families and the crime groups and the gangs and whatever, and the turtles have to move, have to go to uh, Northampton. Um, and for that, for that alone is mind-blowing to me. 
and it's what makes this comic so great is in the end it is about turtles it is about you know leo and mikey and splinter and it's about the family really yeah yeah it's about the family and casey jones and april included and um angel as well and slash (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah I, i in a way it's kind of refreshing you know, especially in this day and age where the Avengers are going out, stopping so and whoever it is from destroying the universe. You know, or same thing with the Justice League. Uh, it is really, really refreshing, and it's it, it keeps it grounded, and it keeps me caring, honestly, about the turtles. Um, like I honestly cared about what happened to Leo. You know it. It, like, is he going to kill somebody? Like, is is Shredder going to have have him kill somebody? Um, you know, like, how long is I? I know it's you know he's not going to be on Shredder's side forever, but how long is he going to be on his side? I mean, are are the other three turtles and Splinter going to fail uh, during the storyline? You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. it sort of keeps it grounded and unpredictable. And um, just that when he's back. When he's free from Shredder's control, it's not just okay. I'm back. I'm ready to fight with you guys. There's a big side effect that, or toll it takes on him emotionally and mentally too. As far as he's, he's unstable, or he's not sure what to do or think over this period next. That as you're reading in the Northampton arc, and it's not just a quick and easy fix that he's back to normal. That's again, it makes it more sure. realistic and it makes it more, you know, personal and enjoyable to read. To knowing that there is more to the story than just such a quick easy fix, and you just really dive into more of these characters and what they're all about, which is so great. Yeah. And that's another thing too. Um, I don't think this comic is lazy in oh, the sense no. <laughs> that, um, you know, okay, we rescued Leo. Everything is fine. We're going to go fight some crime now, you know? Um, and you, you also see it with, uh, Shredder's ending during uh, City Fall, which is like he he is the the master of all the the, the gangs in New York. Um, it's it's not this um, sort of like okay, the turtles win the day and everything is fine, and now we can move on to the next storyline, which to me is lazy. Uh, it's it's a much more harder thing to have them run away at the end and have Leo, you know, recoil when, when Spencer tries to put his hand on his shoulder and be like, it's okay, son, you know? Um, and that's what I'm truly interested in. Like the, the interconnection between like the turtles and Splinter and, you know, ancient Japan and, I don't know, Casey Jones, all of, all of these characters, what they made, really did well is they made me care about the characters. I mean, because you can have a character like Casey Jones, but then that, that beats up everybody. But then if that's it, then okay, you know? And and, and that was kind of the problem with the movies, with, uh, with uh, the Michael Bay movie, Out of the Shadows where Casey Jones, they, they tried to give him depth, but like it just did not work. Uh, same thing with, with uh, April. 
in in those movies where it's just like okay she's a reporter and what else like uh, i i need something for me to connect and they try to do it with you know okay so her father was the, the scientist that made the turtles and she named the turtles and yada 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 but then there's nothing else really to that you know so i think the the the, the true genius of these comics is that they, they truly make you care about each individual character that they introduce. Um, even Slash, like, like how he's he's being hurt in some way. I mean, first he was created to hunt. That, that was just his main purpose. But then he attacks the turtles, Leo stabs him with his sword. And then um, it seemed like Old Hob, um, I don't know if I misinterpret this, misinterpreted this but like it seems like uh old hob is hurting him or somebody's hurting him to make him do stuff did i get that right Tim? Mm, see i don't don't remember too much about that yeah like being physically hurt i know they're just people are using him for their own gain but it was for like physically right, hurting right. him but man you feel that way now about slash just um holding my tongue as far as saying what happens later on for the character which will make you feel that way even more so okay um also one question uh you you know i don't like this i didn't like it with with the office or anything with batman but like april and casey kiss in the Mm -hmm. storyline in the the city fall storyline is it going to be an off again, on again thing where it's like this big thing, and like we're gonna we're together, we're not together, we're together again, we're not together, we're yeah. trying something different, sort of thing. Yeah, it's kind of that way. <laughs> it's uh, kind of an on and off again type thing, as you'll see but, in later issues. It gets a little more complicated. Oh, okay. Um. But yeah, I love this comic. City Fall was amazing, Tim. It it blew me away. Um, you said you had said something about like I can't wait for you to read uh, the City Fall uh, story, and mm-hmm. you uh, you did not overhype it. Uh, it Good. overhyped itself. <laughs> That's always what I'm worried whatever. about. Yeah, always it, worried about overhyping things for some people, but. Glad I did it in this case. <laughs> if anything, I probably it, underhyped it for you. <laughs> it amazed me, uh, especially the flashback or the brainwashing sequences. I love the art in the brainwashing sequences. Um, you know, like like Splinter's like this evil rat-looking rat thing. Oh, that's right. I kind of forgot about like, that. Like, like you disappoint, you disappointed me, and uh, no, you can't kill. You can't defend your brothers. You can't defend our family, and you're nothing but a disappointment. Yada yada yada, on and on and on. I just love those sequences. Um, yeah, I, I I totally love this story. It's it's one of the best I've read in a long time, long long mm-hmm. long time. Um, and like I said, the ending where they they don't win. In fact, they. I'm trying to think. Besides the Kragmar, they 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 don't really win. 
Not in the traditional ways that you're used to. Yeah. I yeah. Know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, the Joker's back in Arkham, you know, sort of thing. It's, it's difficult, I'd say. Like the the endings are difficult. Yeah, the victories have their it's, costs too when they have right, when they do right, get it. Right. Yeah, it's like a double edged sword kind of thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, I love it. It's 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 nearly the perfect comic um, for City Fall. Um, part one and two. I'm I'm gonna give it five out of five. I I loved it. I would do the same thing. <laughs> it really is that great. I'm so glad that you're on the same page as I am about it. <laughs> yeah, it's even though you're a few years late, as long as you're getting to experience that story, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, I was only ten years late, Tim. <laughs> well, not quite ten, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. Uh, if if you if you have a, even a passing interest in the in the turtles like i did i didn't care about the digital turtles um but then this thing came along caught a whole lot of their shells and sort of <laughs> no not hearing tim up. rave about it so much that's not gonna do it no it's gonna be the out of the <laughs> shells content tour that gets you into <laughs> well to be honest tim i don't think i ever told this story on the podcast um but so well that was a senior in high school about to graduate from high school I moved out of my parents house mm-hmm. um, just wasn't working out we were arguing too much just not getting along right uh, okay. especially with my dad like I, I just was not getting along with my dad uh, just nitpicky little fights about nothing you know uh, same thing with my mom uh, just, just like these little nitpicky things that I I just couldn't take it anymore so I moved out uh, they, they actually helped me find because I was 17 at the time I, I couldn't rent any place by myself uh, so they helped me find a place rent it um, it it came with a bed so it was furnished uh, this uh, studio part studio apartment that I had. Okay. Um, so it was furnished. Uh, had a bed, of course, um, and um, uh, it didn't have a sheet on it, right? And so I went out and I bought a sheet. Uh, uh, I went out, yeah, and, and I bought a sheet. Unfortunately, you see, seventeen-year-old brain thinks you know everything, right? I didn't know that they had different sizes <laughs> of bed sheets. Uh-huh. So I bought one too big. <laughs> uh, so I go to my parents' house. Um, again, I'm just a young, stupid 17 year old kid who think, thinks he can make it on his own. Um, and I don't know which um, uh, sheet to take. Um, so I just take a bunch of them. The only one that fits in. The only one. <laughs> I could take a guess. Which one is it, Tim? A Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle sheep? Yeah. <laughs> and my old uh, Ninja Turtles uh, white 
which had since turned to brown. <laughs> <laughs> Cheat. Um, with uh, all, all of the turtles uh, just standing there with their weapons out. Uh, sheets and I used that for like a year <laughs> <laughs> nice um, see I remember having a Raphael pillowcases but I never had the sheets yeah uh, pillowcases and sheets uh, it was the roughest thing uh, the <laughs> coarsest sheets you can imagine the hottest sheets you can imagine um, but anyway yeah so um, just to bring things full circle uh I guess the turtles, you know, I was thinking about this this past week, you know, and the turtles really did play a bigger part in my life than I, mm-hmm. I care to admit, right? Or that then I noticed, uh-huh. I guess you could say, because, um, you know, I, like I said, I wasn't getting along with my parents, especially my dad. And, um, you know, I'm living in this studio apartment. I'm 17 years old. I just graduated from high school. And I'm sitting on a bed with Ninja Turtle sheets, right? <laughs> uh, and I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling alone. For the first time, you know, truly feeling alone. Uh, you know, did, there's nobody around. Uh, my friends are all off doing whatever and I'm just sitting there alone and I am crying for the first time in a long time because I, I feel so alone I feel so sad that I mean like how did things get this way you know where I'm sitting by myself in a studio apartment alone when I should be with my family I should be with my sisters, I should be with my dad, I should be with my mom, uh, celebrating that I graduated from high school, and, and why am I here, you know, so like, why am I, uh, you know, why am I, why do I feel so sad, you know, and I'm sitting on this bed with my Ninja Turtles sheets, crying, and then I, I realize that I mean, especially with my dad, like we were, we just weren't getting along because I, I didn't feel like my dad cared about me or my dad, you know, sort of was like, you know, like your stereotypical dad, you know, that, that asks you how you are or, you know, tells you he loves you or, you know, does things with you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I was just thinking about my dad and like. It, it suddenly hit me with these Ninja Turtle sheets. Like, out of nowhere, he... But like, like, my dad was distant. Like, my dad, is, he's still distant. He never told... He's never told me he loved me. He's totally distant. Uh, he tries. And, like, what, what I didn't realize at the time was that he was trying. And he... My, my my dad's dad died when he was young. He was like 10 or 11. He died when he was young. Okay. And he, um, every story that he's ever told me about my grand, my grandfather, his dad is, is a bad story. Like he was either yelling at him or he was, you know, scolding him or something. And 
I'm looking down at these Ninja Turtle sheets and I'm like, he was trying because I remember my, my, my dad works at night, right? He, he works the night shift. And I remember him putting me to bed almost every night and telling me to think up a story about the Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. that I would like make up a story in your head about what they did, who they fought and tell it to me when you come home from school, because he would, he would be home in the morning time, but before I, uh, or after I would leave for school and then tell me that story. And what I didn't realize at the time was that he was trying and that he just didn't know how to be a dad because he didn't grow up with the dad and every experience he had was a bad experience or at least all the ones that he remembers or chooses to remember. So he did, he was trying, he just didn't know how, right? And so that was the story that sort of was going through my head, you know, as I was reading these comics and in a sense, the Ninja Turtles sort of brought me and my dad closer together and they play a bigger part in my life, I guess you could say, because now me and my dad are closer because I realized he was trying, oh, all those times he was trying to, he, he wanted to throw the, go, in the, go in the backyard and throw the baseball or he wanted to do whatever, right? He was trying and that's the main thing. And whether I want to admit it or not, the Ninja Turtles have played a bigger part in my life than I than I remember. So yeah, well, well, that's my story. <laughs> yeah, well, I appreciate <laughs> you sharing that story because it's stuff yeah. that makes you think when we're into all this stuff like Ninja Turtles, DC Universe, Star Wars, just how much of a connection it has in our lives with those in our families or those that we're closest with that sometimes you might not think about or realize right away. So your story was an example of that, and which is yeah, which is cool. It was something like that that you realized was something that you and dad, you and your dad, were able to kind of use to draw close together when you were young, and then use that later on to appreciate it. So that that was great. I appreciate you sharing that story, not only with me but on this episode too. Yeah, yeah, because you know, if it takes the Ninja Turtles, your Ninja Turtle sheets, to remind you that. Your dad does care for you. Your dad is trying, even though he he doesn't know how to be a dad. No. And that he does, in fact, love you, even though he doesn't ever say it. If it takes that, Ninja Turtle sheets to prove that to you. You know, then this whole thing, this whole Ninja Turtles thing, reading the comics, all those awful movies, it all is good. Mm Mm-hmm. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's my story. Read the Ninja Turtles comics <laughs> if you can. Watch the movies. Enjoy it. Enjoy it is is what I'd say. Um, and I'm yeah, so happy Ninja to Turtles have you comics. fully embracing the Team and T fandom name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to this family. <laughs> and it all started 
let's not forget, Tim. It all started one day when you mentioned <laughs> <laughs> when you mentioned something called out of their shells. Uh, so yeah. So something good did come out of that. <laughs> yeah. That's all been worth it then. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's it from us. Um, go to the BatmanUniverse.net, Facebook.com slash BatmanUniverse, Twitter handles at BatmanUniverse. Tim's, uh, the show's Twitter handles at Batman's Podcast. Tim's Twitter handles at TimG311. And my Twitter handles at DateSysBatman. Uh, rate and reviews on iTunes. You can email the show at BatmanPantsGmail.com. So with that, we see you at the end of every single episode, Tim. We love each and every one of you was all 200 of our hearts re-edited by <laughs> Zack Snyder. <laughs> and we'll so, I was going to say, just before oh. we close, just got to say a big thank you yeah. to everyone for allowing us to make it to 200 episodes. I know we've been doing this for a couple of years now. It's been awesome and fun. I know we're not the biggest Batman podcast out there, obviously, but we appreciate those who do listen. And obviously, it's kind of evolved more than just a Batman podcast. I think we're embracing the fans aspect of the Bat fans name of our podcast. Is talking about all our different fandoms that we've had. That includes Star Wars, Ninja Turtles, video games, and all that stuff. So it's just fun to talk about all that geeky stuff that we enjoy. And uh, have those who listen and enjoy it, we appreciate it. And also, thank you to Dustin over at the Batman Universe, who's allowing us to host our podcast and to allow uh, us to do these episodes is appreciated as well because we do enjoy doing it every two weeks and just getting able to geek out with each other and with you guys so thanks to everyone for 200 episodes and hopefully another we'll make it to 300 <laughs> yeah even though um uh dustin is the enemy of the podcast uh, of our <laughs> podcast right <laughs> remember when we used to do that like how do we how do we beat up dustin yeah, that's all the top. But yeah, we've come up with these elaborate yeah. plans. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you everybody who listens, who's ever listened, who is thinking about listening. <laughs> and uh, thank you to um, to Dustin and the Batman Universe guys. Uh, so we will see you guys next time. Yep. See you next time, everybody, for episode two hundred and one.